Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of the Ocean View Podcast. No matter where you're at in our country or around the world, we thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Now sit back and enjoy this week's message. Well, if you're just visiting with us, we're wrapping up a message series entitled The Walk. It's a study on the book of James. If you're not a Christian or maybe you're not familiar with the Bible, the Bible's broken up into two different segments. You have the Old Testament and you have the New Testament. And in the New Testament, you see a lot of the writings of the ministry and the life of Jesus Christ. But later on in the New Testament, you begin to see letters being written to challenge Christians, to challenge churches um, in a lot of different areas. And, and one, obviously, that we're going to talk today is just the practical aspects of our life. If you were here last week, um, we, we talked specifically about what it means to have great faith. However, if you have great faith, it means you should be doing some great things with that faith. We said that Faith without works is dead. In other words, that you can be a Christian and you can have great faith, but if you're not doing anything with it, um, then really, how, what good is your faith? And this week, James is going to wrap up this series and he's going to have one final challenge for all of us. And I, and I love this part of James because I feel as if he's speaking to every one of us in the balcony on the floor or if you're watching online. You see, the truth is, is that every single one of us, if we were to say, you know, Terry, is there something that I'm struggling with? Now, when I say struggling, right off the bat, we go to something really bad. But you could struggle with tiny things too. Habits, different aspects, routines that are broken. Things that you know, you know, I don't have this, and therefore, it doesn't make me better. It doesn't bring me closer to God. You know, if I did this one thing, or if I was able to have this in my life, I know that my relationship with God would be better. And James is going to speak in just a second. And here's my promise for our type A's in the room. You want to know where we're going. James is going to say a powerful message through scripture. He's going to make a promise. He's basically going to say, if you as a Christian, if you're a Christian in this room, if you do this one thing, then whatever you ask of God, he'll give it to you. He'll say, if you do this one thing, promise you God's faithful to answer you. Now, in just a second, we're going to turn to James chapter five. But before we do, I'm thinking as Tangina mentioned earlier about what was going on in Houston this past week. And there's a gentleman by the name of J.J. Watt. And J.J., he plays for the Houston, Texas. And when all this was going on uh, around him, he got on Twitter and he went in and he put a challenge out to all of Texans, but also to the nation. And he said this, he's like, I'm asking and I'm praying and I'm hoping for $200,000 to be given towards this relief effort. And he said, I'm just praying if you'll join with me and you just pray that maybe, just maybe, if we all come together, we could see $200,000, which would be incredible. Well, as of this morning, do you know where the amount of donations stood at? Over $17 million has been given to the cause in Houston, Texas because of one man coming on and saying, I believe and I have the faith to be able to ask, and what could God do if he touched the hearts and the lives of individuals? Over 17 million. There are many of us in this room that need that kind of power and that kind of touch from God. And James is going to speak to how you can have it today. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to open up James chapter 5. We're going to begin in verse 13. But you can use your iPads, your iPhones. If you have the Version Bible app, you can also use that as well. And it provides the notes already written for you so you don't have to write them down. Here we go. James says this, are any of you suffering hardships? 
you should pray. So I'm going to pause and I'm going to say that again. All right, in the room, if anybody's suffering hardships, you should pray. I remember reading that and I remember pausing and stopping at my desk and going, James, I wonder why you said that. Why did you right off the bat said, all right, you're suffering a hardship. So let me define hardship because a lot of us right away say, oh, I'm good. Terry, if I'm being honest right now, I'm pretty good. My relationship's good. Finances are good. I'm not, that, not seeing a hardship. But what James really means is this, not a hardship in life. He's saying this. And the reason type A is for this door is this. In our life, our hearts, where God would like for us, our, our hearts to be is here. There's nothing between us that God is a child of God that I have such a great relationship with you that there is no sin separating me and you. That right now, God, you know everything. Right now, I'm not hiding anything. There's nothing separating us. So my heart, there's no wall between me and you in my heart. And so what James says, do any of you have hardships? In other words, is there anything between you and God? And the next words out of his mouth is, you should pray. So I remember thinking, it's like, why did you say pray? And then it dawned on me. Well, Terry, when something separates you from God, when you knowingly sin, when you knowingly make the wrong choice, Terry, what do you do? Do you turn and say, hey, God, just want to let you know I just sinned about 20 seconds ago. Just thought you'd like to know. Just want to pray and talk to you about it. Excited about it. No, we don't do that, do we? What do we do? God's messing around in Texas. There's a lot of things, a lot of hurt going on. And so I can hide right over here in my corner. No one's looking, no one's watching. And so I can dabble in sin because I'm hoping God's not seeing what's going on. And the last thing I want to do is talk to God about it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to isolate myself and I'm going to go into my corner and I'm going to sin and hope that God doesn't see what I'm doing. And James challenges all of us in this room and says, in your heart, if there is something separating you and your relationship with God, the first thing you need to do is you need to pray. You need to not isolate. If you're taking notes, write this down. When hardships come, the human tendency is to isolate. When you allow, when hardships cause or you allow sin in your life and there's a barrier, the tendency for us is to run and to hide and to say, God, I hope you're not looking. And James says right off the bat, no, no, the first thing you should do is do not run and hide. You need to turn and you need to say, God, whoa, God, what did I just do? God, I'm sorry. God, oh, God, I need your help. God, I need your strength. You should pray. He continues on and he says this, are any of you happy? You should sing praises. And so when we think about that, I thought, all right, God, what does that mean? It means the opposite. It means that, God, when I, everything is going okay and I have everything going on great in my life, it means that I don't praise you. It means that I don't give you the credit. It means that I take the credit for myself. It means that look at me, look at me. It means that pride wells up. And so what James says is, hey guys, when things are going great in your life and you feel good, you've got to be really, really careful to make sure you remember where that good comes from. If you're not a Christian, I want you to pay really close attention. The human heart is sinful. I know that's kind of weird for you and I know you don't understand it, but here's the truth. Our human flesh we as human beings, nothing in us desires to do the right thing. Left to our own devices without an amazing God, we are going to choose to take every shortcut and we're going to choose to take for ourselves because that's the human tendency of the human heart. But if you're a Christian in this room, why do we have a moral compass? Why do we make wise choices? Why do we choose to do good instead of evil? It's because of Christ that lives in us that says, hey, you should help that person. Hey, 
You should be kind to one another. Hey, you should communicate. And so in our lives, anything good that we have, any resource that we receive does not come from ourselves. It comes from God's hand. And so what James says is, hey, if everything's going good, the first thing you should do is say, it's by the hand of God. And I'm going to praise him. And God, you're amazing. And God, I want to make sure that at no point I put a wall between you and I. I want to make sure that my heart is pure. I want to make sure that we're communicating. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. When times are good, the human tendency is toward entitlement. When times are good, we sit there and we think, I deserve this. It's not by God. It's what I have, my personality, my career. It's what I've gotten. And so, God, I deserve this. So when hardships come, what's the first thing that we do? God, how could you do this to me? We're asking the wrong question because we didn't do anything. It's all by the hand of God, good or bad. He continues on and he says this. You should, if are any of you sick, you should call for the elders of the church to come and to pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Let me discuss what this means. This is one of the most misinterpreted scriptures in Christianity. I've done a lot of hospital visits. I've been a lot of, around a lot of denominations and there's a lot of individuals who believe that based on this scripture, that if I go into a hospital room and if my mom is dying of cancer, that if three or four of us have such great faith and we put our hands on my mom and we say, God, heal her, that if we have the kind of faith we're talking about, that she will be healed. That discounts the sovereignty of God. The truth in that scripture is he's not necessarily talking about a physical illness. What James is is talking about is he's talking about a sickness of the heart. James is not talking about a physical ailment. He's talking about a heart ailment. And what James is really saying is, are you sick? And I think it's kind of funny that I'm fighting a cold today as I'm preaching this. It says, Terry, are you sick? In other words, do you have something between you and I? What repetitive sin are you falling into every day? Who are you having a hard time forgiving? Who are you lying to? Who are you hiding from? What are you holding back from me? And what James says, and this, if, if, if you like short messages, then let me just give it to you and you go to sleep the rest of the service. Listen to this. What James says is this. Terry, If you have the heart that says, God, I don't want anything between you and I. And if you have the kind of heart that says, God, I invite you to search my heart. And if you have the kind of heart to say, God, I'm struggling with sin. And you have the strength to say, so I'm going to call a brother or sister, a trusted friend, an elder, and I'm going to call them over and I'm going to ask them to come around me and I'm going to ask them to lay hands and to pray for me. What James says is if you are willing to bear your heart to that point, if you love the Lord that much and you're willing to be able to open your heart and you're willing to be able to say, you know, God, I don't want to be sick anymore. I don't want anything between you and I. I don't want to keep sinning. So I'm going to be open and I'm going to be honest and I'm going to tell my loved ones elders to come alongside and to pray for me that I do not continue to sin. What James says, if you have that kind of faith, you'll be healed. Not necessarily from a physical ailment, but from a heart ailment. And that's the promise of God. 
that if your heart is in that place, that will happen. He continues, he says this, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous, let me define righteousness again. Righteousness means you have a right heart with God. The earnest prayer of a person who has a right heart with God has great power and produces wonderful results. Let me illustrate this another way. Wednesday night, I I got back and I was getting ready for bed. And if you're like me and you have a a young one in the house, you know, you're, you're doing the daily routine and you're getting everything done. And you finally have a few moments before you go to bed to just be able to connect, to be able to communicate, to catch up. So my wife and I, Jennifer and I, we're sitting there in bed and we're, we're starting to talk. And she says, Hey, I want to, I want to talk to you about something. I said, yeah, that'd be great. And so if you were here a few weeks ago, we talked about quick, slow, slow, quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to anger. And so I said, okay, all right, all right, I'm going to practice. This is good. I got to practice what I preach. True story. I'm not making this up. So I'm in there. She doesn't know this, but in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, quick to listen, Terry. Don't try to fix her. Don't interrupt. Just be really good. Eye contact. Look at eyes all the time. Shut the TV off. Look at the eyes. So I'm sitting there and she begins to unpack a situation that she's seeing and she's just, you know, talking about it. And I'm like, yes. And I even, I even interrupt her and I say, now, now tell me her name again. What's her name again? And she says, oh, it's so-and-so. I'm like, okay, good, good, good. And I'm thinking to myself, look, I engaged. I even asked her what the name was. So that gives me brownie points because that means I'm listening intently. I'm looking at the eyes. And so she goes through this whole thing. I ask some questions. We get to the end. I'm not trying to fix. I don't even give her an answer. And, and I just listen. And I said, oh, honey, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I'm. Good talk. Then we go to bed. I'm, be honest with you, I'm thinking, this is good. This is great. Connecting. Awesome. Next morning, I go downstairs and I go to make a cup of coffee. And Jennifer comes downstairs. She looks at me and she goes, you know, I wish you would show your feelings more. (laughs) What? Now I'm mad because I'm coming downstairs and I'm thinking, I'm doing a good job. I'm communicating. And now you're just telling me I should show my feet. What are you talking about? I I don't understand. God, where's the manual? I really don't understand this. And then God really, in true story, I'm not making this up. God really brought me to the message. And he brought me to what we just read. And I thought to myself, you know, the truth is, and if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. I said, God, if I analyzed how I was communicating last night, I was communicating transactional. And you call us to communicate connective. Well, last night was, I want to do a good job as a husband. And there's merit to that. Don't get me wrong. But everything about it was focusing on me doing what I was supposed to do. It was all about me. And it was not as much about me really understanding where my wife was or connecting with her on a deeper level. And so I had to look at her and I say, we had a long discussion about what it means to really open heart and to be able to share feelings. And, and I really did. I said, you know, tell me what I can do. Tell me, you know, I just, I just want to know what are some questions. And, and it was a great, great morning of discussion. But if you're sitting there and many of us in this room, we do that with God. We say, oh no, I pray. But let me ask you a question. How many of you pray to connect with God as opposed to pray to transact with God? How many of your prayers are, God, I thank you for this food. Amen. How many of it are, God, I really, really am having a problem and I really, really need you to show up in this situation? Amen. God, I'm really sick and tired of him and you need to fix him. Amen. God, I'm tired of this kid. His head has spun around three times. Something's going on here. You need to fix him. Amen. That's transactional. 
But how many of us have really opened our heart and say, God, I got to be honest with you. I'm mad at you right now. God, right now it's not turning out the way I thought and I don't get it and I don't understand, but I'm upset and I just want to spend some time talking with you right now because I just don't get it. How many of us have really opened up to do this? If you're taking notes, I want to write this down. First, we need to confess our thoughts because when you can confess, when you can say, God, I'm mad at you, God's big enough to handle it. But what you do at that, at that juncture is, is you connect with God on a level that is not transactional. There are many spouses in this room that need to begin confessing your thoughts. You know what? I don't want to do that anymore. You know, I really don't like that. You know, I know that this, this has bothered me for a very long time and I just want to confess my thoughts to you. When you do that, it changes the dynamic of your relationship. Second thing you need to write down is this. Confess your feelings. When I sat there and I opened up and I went ahead and we shared, I understood one of the things that I needed to do specifically with my spouse is to be able to say, so tell me how that made you feel. And for me to be able to look at her and say, you know what, I'm really, really sorry that that happened. Is there anything I could do for you? That's a different level. Now guys have a really hard time understanding that. Trust me, I know. But some of you with God need to do the same. God, I'm hurt right now. God, I'm just honest. I'm running from you. I'm sinning and I'm running from you and I'm hurt. And I just, I'm struggling. There's a third thing. Some of you need to confess your desires. There are many of you that you're waking up and five years ago, if I would have told you that you're in the same position that you're in five years ago, you'd say that's a failure to me. But many of us in this room, we don't confess our desires to God. We don't take a look at our lives and say, you know what, God, right now, I just feel that you're calling me to something greater. And so I don't know what that means. I just sense that. And so whether it's in my job or whether it's with our family, you know what? In three years, here's what the desire of my heart is. I don't want to be doing this. I don't want to be here. I don't want this. And so God, right now, that's the desire of my heart. And so if that's a desire that you want, then every day I'm going to be praying with you and we're going to be working toward that goal. But if it's not, you're going to slam the door hard shut in my face. But many of us don't confess the desires of our heart. We sit there and we don't talk to God about it. And we wake up five years down the road and we wake up, we're in the same place. Meanwhile, God wants to move. God wants you to do an incredible thing, an incredible work. Last thing. This is hard. Confess your weakness. When you confess your weakness, it'll build dependence. Some of the most powerful moments in my life or when I look at my God and I say, God, I don't think I can do this. In those moments, I depend on him more than anything. In those moments, I receive peace because I know, you know what, Terry, you're right, you can't, but I can. And it's in those moments that I really have a connection with God. Some of you in this room, you don't depend on one another. You don't confess your weaknesses to one another. I got to be honest, I am a regular guy, which means this. There are a lot of things that happen in the church world. There's a lot of things that happen in people's lives. And I get told a lot of things that cause a lot of burden and a lot of heartache. And many of those things I will not share with my spouse because I know that it will upset her or it will make her worried or it will frustrate her. And so out of protection as a guy for my bride, I will purposely hold in a lot of things which cause a lot of stress and a lack of understanding. 
But the times when I finally say, I can't do it all, I can't hold it all in. And the times that I look and say, honey, I want to share something with you. I just really need you to pray because I just, I can't hold this in. I can't, I can't carry this alone. And I think it's going to be the worst case scenario that she is going to fold under the pressure, that it's going to be horrible for our family. It's in those moments where my spouse pours into me and she, when I confess my weaknesses, I become stronger because God through her does an amazing thing. Many of us have to learn to confess our weaknesses. James continues on, and if you're a Bible study student, watch what James has to say about one of our heroes of the Bible. Elijah was as human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. In other words, Elijah was a man that every single day he communicated with God. Every single day he made sure there was nothing in between him and his God. And he prayed that he would, God would hold the rain and God held the rain. And then he prayed for rain and God made it rain. In other words, there is power in a heart that doesn't have a barrier between you and God. You want to change your family. You want to change your, the direction of your life. You want a situation to change. What James says is start with your relationship with God. Many of us, we want to build a transaction with God. God, right now, I know I haven't talked to you in a long time, but I need you right here. So genie God, come right here. I got a transaction for you. I need you to show up here. And if you don't show up here, then ha, I knew it. And I can't trust you. That's not who God is. God says, you really want to see me move? Then it starts with your heart. Where are you at in your relationship with me? Because Elijah could hold the weather because of where his heart was at. Write this down. When the wall comes down, there is an increased capacity to handle whatever life throws at you. When you get to a point where you say, God, I don't want anything between you and I. So God, right now I'm confessing this. I'm not running from you. I'm confessing it. And not only am I confessing it to you, but I'm going to be honest with a brother or sister. I'm going to ask for an elder to come alongside, to pour into me, to be able to help me to walk every single day to make the wise choice. James finishes with a challenge for all of us. And he says this, my dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. Here's a question for you. Is there a wall between you and God? All of us have hardships in this room. There's big ones and there's small ones. What repetitive sin have you totally said to God, I'm not giving up? What's an area of your life where you say, you know what, God, this is off limits to you? What is something that you know is wrong, but you've given up and you just sin and sin and sin because you know what, I'm tired. I'm tired of trying to live a perfect life. And so God, I'm just, I don't care. What James says is, dear brothers and sisters, first, you need to pray. But then he says this, which I love. He says, I want you to picture a friend that is struggling and you let them struggle. You're letting them die. But if you come alongside and you lift them up and you encourage them, you love them and you help them, How amazing will it be because you will have brought the forgiveness of many sins. 
for many of us in this room, it's time to talk to God. For many in this room, it's time to be open in our hearts. For many of us in this room where we feel like we're all alone, here's something you need to write down. You are not alone. There is an incredible God who is there. And if we would just pray, if we would just open our heart and confess, he's faithful. In just a moment, we're going to do that. All too often we talk about prayer and we don't give ourselves an opportunity to do it. And so right now, would you do a favor for me? Would you pray with me right now? With all eyes closed, head bowed, in just a moment, Pastor Stephen's going to lead us in a song and we're all going to be seated. And in an attitude of prayer, I just want you to talk to God. If you're struggling with repetitive sin, I want you to talk to God. If you're mad at God, I want you to tell him that. If you're lost and you don't understand anything and you just need direction, I want you to bear your heart. If you want to come down to the front and kneel and pray, you can do that. If you want to do it in the privacy of your pew, you can do that. If you need a brother or sister to put their arms around you and pray with you, you can do that. But in just a moment when Pastor Stephen sings, I just encourage you to run to God. Father, right now as brothers and sisters, we confess that we have hardships. We confess that every single day our sin nature tries to put a barrier and a wall between you and I. And so God, right now in this moment, for some of us in this room, we cry out to you and say, God, forgive me. The wall of my heart is so thick that I haven't talked to you in such a long time, God. God, I confess my sin. I confess and bear my heart. And I ask that you to shatter the wall between us so that I can have peace, but that I can have power in your name. So in the name of Jesus right now, Lord, hear our prayer. Speak to us in an incredible way. And may you forever change the direction of our lives in Jesus' name. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information about the ministries at Ocean View, or if you'd like to speak to someone directly, you can visit our website at www.ovbc.org. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.